What is up, College Lacrosse fans? You are watching the Lax Factor podcast. This is our College Lacrosse weekend recap special conference tournament edition. We're going to touch on some games from this week. We'll talk about every conference tournament, seedings, and possible outcomes. As always, be sure to like and subscribe and hit the notification bell. If you'd like to support us, you can purchase some swag. Go to laxfactor.com. We have these t-shirts. We have these sweet Rampage Lacrosse peacock patterned shorts. Also, be sure to go over to laxfactor.com forward slash lamp and check out the big league lighting lacrosse helmet lamps. We can turn your old helmet into a lamp and... If you can make it through the final, uh, the first two segments, I'm going to talk about both of the ACC games that have already, that were played on Saturday. If you can make it through those first two segments, I'm going to tell you how you can win this jersey behind me. It's from TribeLacrosse.com. It is a Channel Four Lacrosse. Ron Burgundy has a number ten on the back of it. Uh, lacrosse reversible from TribeLacrosse.com. Make it through the first two segments. I'll tell you how you can go about winning that shirt in a contest for free it is a medium by the way and i digress let's get into this first game that i wanted to talk about is one of the acc tournament semifinal games that was played on saturday the acc tournament got started before all the other conference tournaments we have north carolina needing a win badly to keep their ncaa tournament hopes alive they don't get it virginia Breaks their hearts, 14-13. Oddly enough, North Carolina held a 12-8 lead uh, early in the fourth quarter. They took a 12-8 lead. Virginia then outscored them from that point on, 6-1 to to close out the game. Ian Laviano, he nets the game winner. And next up for Virginia in the ACC Finals is Notre Dame. As we rip through the, the, the scores in the game, one of interesting things, halftime, uh, they benched Alex Rode who was not playing well in in fairness, but it wasn't so bad that I would have thought they would have benched him. And they put in Patrick Birkinshaw, who put his name into the transfer portal. So here they bench their the, the guy who's been their goalie here the last handful of, or couple of games at least for a guy who already put his name into the transfer portal and made very clear that he wants to leave. And Birkinshaw did come in and play better. Uh, Road had a 40% save percentage and Birkinshaw ended up 46 and he made some big saves down the stretch. But I thought that was an odd move. Either way, uh, Laviano four goals. Conrad had a really good game, three goals. Kraus two and one, and Kraus scored one late that was huge. We have Justin Anderson on the UNC side two and two, and William Perry went two and one. Caton Johnson he did not have his best game. He really needed to you know stand on his head just a little bit more, and they could have eked this out. Had he played like he he's played a couple of times where he's really earned this starting spot, they might have been able to pull it out. But you can't ask the young gun to to do everything. So Virginia. They move on to play Notre Dame. It was a it was a heck of a game though. Great battle, and it was interesting to see Virginia uh, prove that hey they can be down and out, but and, and they were losing this game most of the game, but they they were able to battle back and make something of it and advance. They didn't need to advance, but it's always feels good to to beat someone down and maybe end one of your rivals seasons. Next up, Notre Dame and Duke. And, what, and Notre Dame's in, in a similar boat to North Carolina. They needed a win, and they got it in the ACC semi against Duke. They barely held them off, though. Notre Dame controlled most of this game. They jumped out to a 3-0 lead. They had 
Now, they led 4-1 to one less than a minute into the second quarter. They held a two- or three-goal lead most of the game. C.J. Carpenter, as Duke kind of chipped away at the lead late, C.J. Carpenter got Duke to within one with 2.57 left, but then Brian Costabile. Duke was actually trying to clear late with about a minute 15, minute 20 left. They started a clear. They failed that clear, throwing the ball away at about midfield. Costabile ends up with it. He scores. I, I don't remember if it was an empty net or if it was just a almost empty net, but he scores with 54 seconds left. You'll see highlights rolling, and uh, they end up winning that game. So they advance to the, to the finals. I feel like that's all Notre Dame needed. Now, the ACC, remember, doesn't have an automatic qualifier, so they do not get a bid for winning this tournament into the NCAA tournament. So I think this is good enough, though, to get Notre Dame their bid, even if they lose next weekend to Virginia. And I think that the teams you're going to see get in from the Big East, or from the ACC, are going to be... Uh, Virginia, Duke, and Notre Dame and Syracuse are all going to get automatic are all going to get at large bids. I think North Carolina, they're the lone ACC team that gets left out. And as we rip through stats for this game, Costabile was huge. Bet one of the best middies in the country. Him and Doc Aiken are two of my favorite midfielders. Old school between the box midfielders. He goes for five goals. Jacobois and Morin each go for uh, each go two and one. Uh, Schmidt in, in cage. For Notre Dame was huge. 18 saves in that win. Turner Upgren played good in, for Duke in cage. 15 saves. And, and, and Duke, normal guys. Carpenter, 4-0. Uh, he scored the goal to get within one late in the game on an, a Smith, on an assist from Brad Smith, who went 1-3. So Duke will be fine. They're 11-4. They're getting their seed or their bid to the NCAA tournament. And Notre Dame, this, this was needed. They needed this. And I think this is good enough for them. They beat Maryland. They beat um, now Duke. Here and they've got quality win over Syracuse, so I think that's enough of a resume to get them into the tournament. And we're gonna move on from them. And now, oh, hey, it's that time. I'm supposed to tell you how you win this thing. Really simple. Just make a comment. Uh, all you have to do: comment uh, your thoughts about your favorite team that's making the tournament and why or why not you think they can win it. We're not going to put an entry in for just any stupid comment. Your comment to get entered to win this reversible jersey here. You have to have it be thoughtful. It's got to be about your favorite team or any team that you like uh, to either win, lose a tournament, whatever. Just make a thoughtful comment about this, these conference tournaments and the, the NCAA tournament that is to come, and you get yourself an entry to win this jersey. We're actually going to do the next two shows. We'll collect entries to win this, and then we will uh, have the drawing, and we'll announce it on the, the show after. So we move on now to... Rutgers and Penn State playing a game, and this game was just really to, to shore up the seating for the Big Ten Conference, and like the fart that never happened, Penn State squeaks one out over Rutgers, and point being, everybody was was talking about how this proves that Penn State is beatable, and how Rutgers maybe has the blueprint to beat Penn State, or is it just a team with their backs against the wall that has a little bit more to play for on a given day plays a little bit above and the team that has nothing to play for virtually plays a little bit down. Uh, I know that you don't like people don't like to hear that, but that's the reality. I mean, I, this doesn't, I don't think this says anything uh, to Penn state's chances to win at all. Even though I've, I'm seeing a lot of people jump to, Oh, Penn state's vulnerable. Every team is vulnerable. Penn state is still the least vulnerable team in terms of getting upset. They're still the favorite to win this tournament, this close game uh, where they actually pull it out and beat Rutgers. This does not in, uh, prove that Penn state isn't what, what, you know, they deserve to be, which is the number one team and pretty much the unanimous favorite for winning the whole tournament. But back to this game, back and forth game, the whole game, eight different lead changes. So that was pretty exciting. Uh, Kobe Kniece had a save late 
while the score was tied to turn away uh, Adam Charlambides on a, a doorstep one-on-one shot. Edelman, he made a save at the end, towards the end of the game on a Jack Kelly shot. Sadly, that bounces right out back to Amet. Uh, I think somebody actually goosed it to Amet, who then found Kelly for the game-winning goal. And uh, another big story, and this is going to be key leading into their conference tournament, into the NCAA tournament, is Arceri has just continued to dominate. He goes 18 of 29 from the face-off dot. I'm going to have to get used to saying dot because I get sick of mixing up you know, the X behind the cage with the face-off X. So I'm going to start saying dot like all of you guys. So in the end, heck of a game here. Uh, what, Mac O'Keefe, he went for five goals and two assists. He was huge. Kelly went three and one. Um, and then Grant Amat, he goes for seven assists on the day. I got a phone call coming in here. Uh, Rutgers, Tommy Coyne played really tough for Rutgers. He's going to be key in this, uh, in the upcoming Big Ten tournament. He was six and oh, and Adam Charlambides went two and four. Ryan Gallagher, one and four. So great games. Edelman was tough in cage, 12 saves. Kobe Kanice was tough in cage, 11 saves. So both goalies played strong. And, and the Big Ten tournament, how it's going to shake out is, Penn State, they get to play Rutgers again. We're just going to have rematches for the Big Ten tournament. Penn State gets the number one seed. Rutgers gets the number four seed. So they will simply play each other again in the Big Ten tournament here uh, uh, coming up this week. The other game I wanted to hit was Johns Hopkins, the other Big Ten matchup. And I believe Ohio State losing had already given Johns Hopkins their their bid to the tournament, if I'm correct. I don't remember, but maybe it played into into the seeding with Rutgers. So Hopkins really did want to win, though, anyway. They have to make sure that they're, if they don't win the Big Ten tournament, they get an at-large, a shot at an at-large bid. So this, this win over Maryland, I'm not sure it gets them an at-large bid, but it certainly makes their resume look a little bit better. Uh, it, it gives them a little bit of buffer to make sure that they stay at 500 or above so that they could even be considered for the NCAA tournament. So that was huge. And now they get a shot at, uh, at, 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 Penn, or at Maryland again here. They beat Maryland here. Now they're just going to have to turn around and play Maryland again this week. And um, that was the 118th meeting between the two schools. So that was pretty cool. But the Jays keep their NCAA tournament hopes alive with that win. And Hopkins... Uh, Maryland took a 5-1 lead in the game, so it looked early like Maryland was just going to roll and this was just going to be the end of Hopkins' uh, season as we know it, even though I think they still could have gotten into the Big Ten tournament. Um, and Hopkins goes on an 8-1 run to take a 9-6 lead at one point in uh, before the end of the first half, and then they controlled the game from there. So the seeding for Big Ten, Penn State number one, they've got number four Rutgers. Uh, Johns Hopkins is the number two seed. They're going to play the number three seed, Maryland. And who would have thought Maryland would end up the number three seed in that tournament? But alas, that is what happened. Scoring in this game, Bubba Fairman got, he, he went off five goals for Maryland in the loss. And Joey Epstein, he had another great game. He kind of bounced back from a, a bad game last week. He goes four and two. Cole Williams continues to assert himself. That's going to be key. He goes three and one. Forey Smith, two and two. Darby was not good. In cage, says here he had two saves. I'm not even sure if that stat can be correct. And Danny Dolan was decent in cage, 13 saves. So Hopkins, keep their season alive. Uh, I still see people complaining that Petro needs to be fired. I think that's ridiculous. Petro, I think if anything, the only thing Petro needs to do is maybe add a cup, lose one of the real high quality teams off their schedule and play one more cupcake. And we're barely having this conversation if they were if they weren't that close to 500. So I think that's the only thing that they, that Hopkins needs to do is rework their schedule a little bit to fit in today's game, knowing that you're going, it's going to just be tough to, to win uh, and to be 500 year in and year out with the brutal schedule that they play. 
We move on to the Ivy League, and this was another. There was a bunch of 14-13 scores, and this one was the same. Princeton 13, Cornell 14. Princeton was playing for their tournament lives, and Cornell, not only did Cornell in this win lock up their own Ivy League bit, uh, tourney bid, but they ended Princeton's season. Uh, Princeton led 12-10 with about 5.30 left, mostly thanks to Michael Sowers. Sowers proved that he is by far the most complete player top to bottom in NCAA lacrosse, more complete than Pat Spencer. The kid can do everything. He can dodge and create his own shot. Spencer can do that. He can dodge with his head up and feed people. Spencer can do that too. But his his ability to quarterback the offense and make sure that he's keeping everybody else involved, whether he's being doubled or shut off or not. Spencer Spencer is getting doubled, quadruple teamed because he's such a physical force when he dodges one-on-one. Uh, Sowers doesn't have that. Sowers has to legitimately beat his man, be quick. He has to take a lot of abuse in these double teams. He can't just absorb this like Spencer does. I love what Sowers has done. He goes seven and one in this loss. So it's kind of heartbreaking for him, but he's only a junior. He actually became, um, Princeton's all-time leading scorer, all-time point scorer in this game, just as a junior with one full season left. So it's it's almost a guarantee he's going to put up 90, 80 to 90 points next season. So he is going to literally just shatter that record by the time he's done. Uh, Cornell, when they were down by those two goals, though, they, they, they started chipping back into the game. The game winner was weird. Uh, Cornell misses a shot. Teat starts with the Teat had been getting shut off all game long. He starts with the ball on the end line and literally just takes four or five steps up the field, hits a streaking Peterson who run off a back pick off the high crease. Peterson scores the game winner. Um, and that's all she wrote. Princeton season is over. Cornell is going to advance to the Ivy League tournament. And that for Princeton or for Cornell, now they can lose in the first round of the Ivy League tournament, and I think they still get an at-large bid regardless. But uh, the seeding for the Ivy League tournament as it stands here now, Princeton, done. Sorry, I was mixing them up, them up with Cornell. Cornell, three seed. They're going to play the number two seed, Yale. We'll talk about their game here. I mean, Yale, it wasn't all that exciting. Yale beat up somebody really, really bad uh, to, to finalize theirs. Penn's the number one seed. They're going to play number four, Brown. So it's Penn versus Brown, Yale versus Cornell in that Ivy League matchup. Uh, scoring for that game here uh, for Cornell. Uh, Peterson, four goals, three assists. Piatelli, four and two. Teat was quiet, one and two, but he was being face guarded the entire game. So for him to even go one and two and to have that game winning assist was pretty, pretty special. And uh, Chase Erland, 12 saves. He played solid in net for Cornell. So the Ivy League tournament is going to be very interesting. And I think, as I said before, they have the potential of being a two or three, three bid team, probably a two bid team. But I think that, that Cornell getting that win, you got Penn, Cornell, and Yale. I think that as long as Penn beats Brown and let's say Cornell beats Yale, then you definitely have a three-bid team, I think, coming out of the Ivy. We move on next to the Big East tournament. And Denver had a they, they had to play Marquette on Friday. And this was this was all every game that was being played was pretty much uh these Big East teams jockeying for position. So they beat Marquette on Friday by a goal. It was really odd too. It was one of the most anticlimactic uh game winning goals I've ever seen because the game winning goal came somewhere in the middle of the third quarter, and then neither team scored again the rest of the game. So it was a defensive battle throughout from there. So De- Denver gets to win, they pick up the one seed. And they bounce Marquette. Georgetown, they handled their business and they locked up their two seed by getting a win over St. John's on Saturday. So the seeding and then Providence, they locked up the three seed with their win over Villanova. So 
the seedings are Denver's the number one. They're going to play number four, Villanova. And then Georgetown at number two is going to play number three, Providence. So that's how that shook up. Now, one of the things I wanted to see here, Denver scoring-wise, they just they continue to spread it out. I was hoping Ethan Walker was going to put up 90 points this season, and he hasn't done that. But uh, Sullivan, 2-1, and one, French, 2-0, and oh, Walker, 2-0. and oh. And uh, so it was, it was pretty spread out for Denver. Marquette, just, you know, what are you going to do? You lose, you're done. And that is that. Now we move on to the Patriot League. And I mean... The Patriot League is another one. It's, it's a league that has a bunch of 10-win teams and then Lehigh shoring it up out here. So Loyola, they had dropped that game where they got beat down pretty badly by Boston U. They bounced back and got wins over Army last week and then Lafayette this weekend. I think they played on Friday. So that helped them lock up their number one seed. BU lost to Navy by a goal, but they get the tiebreak over Army. And but then there there was there's tie breaks all over the place and a lot of weird things going on. But it ends up being Lehigh is the freaking number two seed. Even though Lehigh has the worst record of those top four teams, they end up getting the two seed. Boston U gets the three seed. They're going to play number six Bucknell and number four Army. They're going to play number five Holy Cross. So Loyola and Lehigh get the buys in this one, which I thought that was odd. When I first drew this up, I forgot that the Patriot League had six teams that made the tournament, but. That's how that all shook out. Loyola and Lehigh have buys. Boston U versus Bucknell. Army versus Holy Cross. We move on to the Colonial Tournament. That is all set, and those matchups are done. This was another one where all of the weekend's games played. UMass beat Delaware. That clinches the number one seed for UMass, and it drops Delaware to the number three seed. Towson beat Drexel. So Towson secured the number two seed in the tournament. Both we, uh, both of those games this weekend were, were decided by two goals. So these four teams that played each other this weekend to decide the seeding, they all have to play each other again. They're going to swap opponents. So UMass at number one plays number four, Drexel. Towson at number two plays number three, Delaware. Great. They're going to all be great games. And this is any team's tournament. I, 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 I'm still going to say UMass and Towson have the best shot, but it's hard to beat the same teams twice. So it, you know, it'll be very interesting to see how this plays out for the colonial, uh, the colonial, how often does the colonial have two legit contenders come out and let alone three legit teams that could potentially, if they were to get in, could potentially win a first round game. Because I think that Delaware is capable of winning a first round game. Should they be the team that to, to get in? But then you have Towson and UMass who are both legitimate lacrosse squads. We move on to high points. Uh, high points had just a hell of a season. Uh, throughout the year, they secured the number one seed in the SoCon Conference with their win over Richmond. Asher Nolting, he netted the game-winning goal for High Point. Nolting, he finishes the game with four goals and three assists, so he he finished his regular season tear off well. Air Force beat Bellarmine 13-6, and Air Force gets the two seed. So the way it shakes out for the SoCon is High Point, the number one seed, Jacksonville's the number four seed. They will face off. And Air Force is the number two seed. And Richmond is the number three seed. So I think that out of once again, out of this conference, you have three teams at the top, all legit teams, all that have proven that they're capable of knocking off a top 15, top 20 opponent. Uh, Jacksonville even has showed some promise. But this is a one-team one team conference, though. So whoever wins this tournament gets in, and I don't think uh, the other team did. I've heard some people say that what if Air Force wins it uh, and High Point at least makes it to the finals? Does that 
Is that enough? Do they, do they have enough of a resume to get their, themselves an at-large bid with wins over Virginia, wins over Duke? And I'd say no, because they're, they have a couple of bad losses and their schedule overall just wasn't that good. So maybe uh, the, the SoCon could certainly get two teams in, but I mean, you know, we already have the ACC that's almost guaranteed to get four teams in. We've got the Ivy that's almost guaranteed to have two or three teams in. I just don't see the SoCon getting more than one team in, but it'll be an interesting tournament to watch. I've never, I never thought we'd be talking about the SoCon uh, as having legitimate contenders, uh, you know, to, to get past the first round of the NCAA tournament. The NEC tournament field is also set. Mount St. Mary's, oddly enough, they secure the number one seed. They've played tough. We talked about them a little bit early, and I had covered one of their games early in the season. I think it was against Towson. Uh, the Mount, they get a game-winning goal out of Luke Frankeny over St. Joseph. So that's what gives them the one seed. Uh, their goalie, Dylan Fernback, had 20 saves, played incredible. Hobart, of all teams, they lose a dogfight to Bobby Moe, 16-15, but they're still going to lock up the number two seed. And that win saved Robert Morris's season and got them into it, got them into the final um, NEC tournament spot. So we have the seat, one seed, Mount St. Mary's. They're going to play Robert Morris as the four, and number two Hobart will play number three Sacred Heart in the NEC tournament this upcoming week. We move on to the America East tournament. That field is finally set as well. Stony Brook dropped Albany. They earned the number one spot in that tournament. They beat Albany 12 to 10 on Friday. It was actually an incredible game. Tom Hahn continued to prove he's one of the best players, if not the best player in the America East. He goes for four goals. Chris Pickle or Pickel, he goes three goals. And let's see, what did Dehoga? He goes two and oh. Jacob Patterson was quieted. He only goes one and two. Patterson's their leading scorer here. So excellent game. Stony Brook, they lock up the one seed, and they're going to face number four, UMBC, who beat Hartford on Saturday to shore up their seeding. And then number two, Vermont, will face number three, Albany. Vermont's already beat Albany this year, and I forget what Stony Brook did. They, a lot These teams all beat each other throughout the season. I think they were all sitting there at three and two, four and one in that range uh, somewhere. So either way, Stony Brook, I, I think they have the best chance of coming out of here, but don't front on either Vermont or Albany. And it would be a, an incredible story if Albany, with the season they've had, if they could win this tournament and, and snag this tournament's automatic uh, qualifier. The last tournament, and this year, it's just the way it's shaken out. It's not always the case here, but this this year, definitely, the MAC has kind of been the the conference that has been the most boring. So Marist, they beat Canisius on Saturday uh, to secure the number one seed. Quinnipiac, Detroit Mercy, and Canisius are also going to get bids. So it's number one Marist against number four Canisius, number two Quinnipiac against number three Detroit Mercy. That was by far the most boring conference of the year. Uh, as we look for Marist, nothing really interesting to note. Uh, Jake McGregor, their goalkeeper, played really well against Canisius in that win. Uh, Jacob Buck for Canisius, he went 4-1. and one. He was the leading scorer on the day. And then Joe Tierney led Marist at 2-2. Two and two. So solid teams, but it, it was the conference that got no attention simply because they didn't, you know, none of them had any really crazy quality wins or anything like that. Whereas some of these other teams, even teams in the America East just played a slightly, slightly more impressive uh, slate. I think this year, it was just the way it worked out. So as always, be sure to like, and subscribe and hit the notification bell to support us so that you see more of our videos and all that good stuff. I'm going to put out another show on Tuesday where we're going to dive into regular season player awards and things of that sort. 
Uh, as always, make sure that you comment and make sure that your comment is intelligent and that it's referencing something cool about the teams that you're supporting, uh, who you like coming out of the conference tournaments, who you like getting into the NCAA tournament, who you like to win it all. Just any type of intelligent comment and we'll put your, your name in a hat to win this channel for news team lacrosse jersey from Tribe Lacrosse. You can go over to Tribe Lacrosse dot com and you can see all the the gear and swag that they have they have a ton of reversibles that are awesome shorts t-shirts they have everything again thank you for watching and enjoy